Whether it's the use of TikTok or the need to protect multiple pathways to commercial clouds, federal cybersecurity challenges keep multiplying. Joining me to talk about some of the emerging threats and ways of dealing with them, the vice president for federal at Tanium, Ralph Kahn. Ralph, good to have you back. Thanks. It's been a while. Really appreciate it. And this whole endpoint in mobile security has become a bigger and bigger and bigger issue. Even in the cloud era, there's endpoint access via mobile devices. But recently, the Defense Department said everybody get rid of TikTok. And this is an application that I guess is virally popular. I confess I don't know anything about it, but I see people giggling at it all the time. What about apps like that or TikTok itself? Is there an emerging threat from this kind of thing? So I think um, it's funny. My kids love that app, and I ask them to uninstall it as well. And, you know, in today's environment, you have to be increasingly sensitive and aware of what you're putting on your devices. You need to know about the supply chain, actually. And, you know, if you're a 14-year-old, you're not thinking about supply chain. You're thinking about, oh, it's cool. It works. I want to use it, right? And sometimes even soldiers who are 18, 19, and 20 have the same issue. In this case, the app is from a Chinese manufacturer, and one of the issues we have is because of the rules that country operates under, you really don't know what the what the app does, where the data is going, um, what they could do with it, and you have to be very, very careful. Uh, nation states have interests, and if I was a nation state and wanted to do something, sure, I'd say there's no problem with it. But if you look at the history of various nation states, um, many of the nation states that are very strong in cyber warfare, have a history of partnership with commercial industry. As a matter of fact, many of the top commercial companies came from people with strong ties to their military and their government. And that creates a risk, right? It may be there, it may not, but it's a risk that I think wisely the U.S. government is not taking. Yeah, because this whole idea of mobile devices and the idea that we don't want cybersecurity measures to make it impossible for people to log on or enjoy life or use their devices, and yet even if you had a non-government device in a government installation, then your location is known regardless. So as these risks keep multiplying, then you keep hearing the term risk management. How does this really work in an operational or or programmatic sense? It's a nice idea, but how do you do it? So I think risk management is a subset of management in general. And if you want to manage something, you identify the scope of the thing you want to manage, the metrics you're going to use to rate yourself, and then you go about the process of achieving those metrics over the thing that you want to manage. The government, uh, both civilian and DOD, has spent a lot of time successfully working on identifying what they have, what the various risks are, like things like compliance. Uh, You can look at things like the MITRE ATT&CK framework, right? That gives you a really specific view into the, the TTPs that an adversary may use to attack you, right? Those are very measurable things. Do you have controls in place that are going to block the following TTPs in the MITRE ATT&CK framework? How long does it take you when a vulnerability is discovered to patch it and remediate it so you don't have it, right? Those are metrics you can use to manage your risk. Such as the difference between when Patch Tuesday patches come in and do you have them up Tuesday afternoon or is it a week from the following Friday? That's right. And I think, you know, as I sit here and look at things that I hope the government begins to move towards, right, you look at CDM, which is still kind of at 72 hours to get something done, and you look at commercial industry. When the latest uh, Microsoft crypto uh, vulnerability came out, most of commercial industry was patched the same day. Many government agencies are still struggling to do that, uh, and it's weeks later. And it's not a technology issue. It's a process issue. They are used to thinking about patching in a particular way, and um, their their approach, their thoughts, and frankly, some of their tools haven't kept pace with the speed with which they need to be able to do that to protect themselves. We're speaking with Ralph Kahn, vice president for Federal Atanium. And I guess it almost sounds like with threats growing exponentially, 
you need some sort of a logarithmic approach. And I'm not quite sure what that means, but it seems like you can't keep chasing the risks because of the exploding number of them. So you need some overarching way that protects the agency, but you can't stamp out everything. You can't. So I think what a lot of the smart agencies and many of the commercial companies are doing is they're looking to automation, right? So they're employing technologies that operate at bigger scales, that operate more quickly, and that encourage automation. So for instance, if you had a series of security controls that you knew needed to be configured a particular way, you could, using automation, check if they were configured or not. And if they weren't, take that endpoint, quarantine it for a little bit, fix it, and put it back online. Humans don't need to be involved in that. And that's how you begin to deal with complexity. You, you do it with speed and scale. And automation. And so if you look at, um, you know, places like the U.S. Air Force, they're beginning to do this. They have a Ready 365 um, policy where if they see a vulnerability, it needs to be done within a day. And so they're moving to a much more aggressive at scale, at speed, automated way of reducing the complexity for them. And with all of these agencies moving to not just one, but multiple commercial clouds, plus you have multiple access points per employee, maybe two, three is not uncommon. How does that affect the calculus for risk reduction? So um, that certainly adds to the complexity, right? The more communication paths you have, the more controls you need to make sure those communication paths are encrypted, they're secure, uh, they're available. And then, you know, when you move to the cloud, that's just another endpoint. It happens to be a virtual endpoint, but it's just another endpoint or it might be a container. And the proliferation of those add more things you need to manage. So having a tool that allows you to manage at scale with speed and do automation gets even more critical the more complex your environment gets. And do you think that the mobile device manufacturers and the manufacturers of mobile device management systems and the various variants of those, are they up to where they need to be? From a protection standpoint? Managing mobile devices and even managing IoT devices are very different because their usage patterns are are characterized differently. The things you can do with them are very different, um, and the communication infrastructure they use are different. So if you take a mobile device, um, you you take Android devices. Those are fairly straightforward and easy to manage, and third parties can do a lot of things with them uh, using mobile device management. You flip over to Apple on the other side, and that's a closed ecosystem. So Mobile device management tools can't be as effective in that environment because Apple just won't give the developers access to the low-level calls they need to be effective. So you have this kind of heterogeneous world, and it's even worse in IoT. It's the Wild West. You have you know hundreds of vendors putting stuff out there, none of which is manageable. You can kind of tell it's there. You know That's going to be the Achilles heel that we're going to have to watch out for carefully over the next decade. I sometimes wonder about the password keeper apps. Who knows what the backdoor of those is? I have the same concern you do. Who made the password keeper apps? What happens if the key to that gets hacked or somebody finds a flaw in it? And, you know, that's a it's a big risk. So the whole password thing, I think I am hopeful will get make way for, um, you know, kind of multi-factor authentication and things we're using biometrics. Uh, That's begun in the mobile world, and I think that's very promising. And, of course, the audience listening can't see whether you have that password tattooed on or not, but do you? No. Okay. (laughs) No tattoos. Intanium tracks the various risks, and you specialize kind of an endpoint and end device protection. What are the trends you're seeing right now that people should just be alert to? From that standpoint. So I think one of the interesting things that agencies and companies have discovered as they begin the process of figuring out more about what they have and what's on their endpoint, uh, it turns out that they have tons of agents on their endpoints, right? Most people thought they had five. The, the average is 10. And when I look across the federal government, most of our customers are in the 15 to 25 range. 
And a lot of the CIOs are saying, hey, that's a lot. And, and studies have borne out. Forbes uh, published a study back in September where it, it demonstrated that the more agents you have and the more complexity you have on your endpoint, the more likely you are to get uh, breached. And so CIOs are rightfully going, okay, now I have a picture of what I have. How do I consolidate all those little point tools into something smaller? Do I need them? Is there a platform that I could use that would do the same things uh, but would reduce the agent count and reduce my complexity? So it's reduced complexity, get faster, um, more scale, and automation. Those are the things I see uh, happening right now. So it sounds like there's a lot of maturity yet to happen in the architecture of mobile devices. I think so. I think uh, it's a lot of the Wild West. You can download whatever you want. If you look at the you know, Google Play Store, uh, very little security on that. You know, A Russian troll farm can upload an app and have that downloaded to thousands of machines in the U.S. and in- impact an election. Well, no, soon enough, I guess. Ralph Kahn is vice president for Federal Attanium. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. Looking to expand or move your company? Ohio has the talent you need to scale for growth. Ohio's central location, reliable infrastructure, and top-ranked business climate are here to help you succeed. Get to business. Visit successinohio.com today.